0: So we welcome back our good old friend, Patrick Everson. Find his work, props.com. Pat, this game right here, what does the book need? Because obviously we know that the Chiefs are always a public favorite, man. But like lately, I don't remember the last time they've covered a spread and they haven't looked so good. So what does the book need tonight in this one? It's a 14-10 lead for the Chiefs over the Giants on Monday Night Football.
1: Yeah, first, Quentin and Ryan, thanks for having me on. I always appreciate it. It's great to, uh, to join the two of you on this Monday night. For sure. This is uh, interesting. I literally, just a few minutes ago, just before I came on air with, with the two of you, talked with Scott Shelton at BetMGM Nevada. Uh, I don't know they're on the boulevard here. So this is more of the, the Vegas view, but, but it probably correlates to some degree with the national BetMGM position. The bigger decision tonight was the first half. They needed the Giants to cover first half. Scott told me, he said, wow. the, there was a lot of potential damage at KC minus six and a half, and they actually ended up moving today to minus seven. For the first half, he said we just needed the Giants to cover the first half. So it was a bigger decision than the game at at uh, at Bet at Betmgm Nevada. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But for the game itself, as we're watching this second half unfold and, and not in the necessarily the prettiest of ways, uh, they do need the, they need the Giants to cover for the game as well. But Scott noted they got uh, one low five figure play on the Giants money line and and, a, and quite a bit of uh, smaller bets on Giants money line. So ideally, what they're really looking for is a Chiefs win and a Giants cover pretty much exactly what they needed in the first half and got. That's what they're looking for for the whole game. They, he said, look, if the Giants win outright, it's, it's fine uh, because whatever parlays, teasers, money line parlays survived yesterday would definitely get knocked out if the Giants somehow win this game outright.
2: Pat, um, yesterday I did a bold thing, and all week I did a bold thing. I was on the Dallas Cowboys early Monday morning. I woke up last week, and I said, you know what? Cowboys, Dak Prescott against Kirk Cousins, two-and-a-half primetime spot. Give me the Cowboys. And then Tuesday came around, and I heard that (laughs) Dak Prescott's in cowboy boots, and he's trying to repair a calf. And Wednesday, I'm like, oh, he's not going to play. And then, of course, we fast forward. He does not play in this game. And I was scared, but I did not. I did not get off of it. I stayed on them to cover two-and-a-half what happened with the books? Because uh, that line flipped immediately to 2.5 here at MGM in the favor of the uh, Vikings in that one. And the Cowboys still won outright in that game and covered 2.5 the original line.
1: Right. This was interesting. There was uh, one odds maker that I spoke with just before the Sunday night game in uh, in making the rounds here uh, for, for Props.com. And it was interesting. I don't know that this was the case everywhere. It's going to vary a little bit from book to book. But what that odds maker needed because of the way this line was really all over the map from start, start of the week to the end of the week. And there was even some, a little jockeying back and forth with better numbers or worse numbers, depending on who you were taking, even in the final hours yesterday leading up to kickoff. But what he told me was I need Minnesota to win by four or more. He said, if Minnesota wins by four or more, we're good. Yeah. If Dallas wins by three or more, we're good. Anything in between, we're not so good. <laughs> so yeah. they were in a, at a very unique position you don't normally see that kind of uh uh that that kind of opportunity all that line shifting and uh you know as, as, as it turned out he did get you know dallas with the win and so forth i i think they came out fine but it was definitely a really unique situation quentin with uh you know with all the speculation the back and forth and uh, his deck in his deck out and so forth uh i i just think it was interesting that it held up when, uh, you know, when I did my opening line report ahead of week eight, so a week ago Sunday, I talked with one odds maker who had the game. Uh, they opened the game at Pickham and they said people were jumping on Dallas, a couple of sharp guys and, and some people keeping an eye on where the line was at other books were jumping on it. Like it was free money. And, and ultimately it was, but uh, well, maybe not free money. They, they, I mean, there was, <laughs> there was some sweat equity involved last right. night, I think. But, but that said, um, they said at the time, look, we put it up at pick, even though others went Dallas 1, Dallas one 1.5 to open, because we didn't think Dak was as healthy as people were saying. They, they they felt good about it. And ultimately, the line came back toward them and honestly went way past where they were, and ultimately, as we thought, I think closed four, maybe even four and a half at some spots.
0: Pat, I want to talk about some uh, look-ahead lines or some lines, I should say, for next week. And it's crazy, but it's already week nine of the NFL season. And I guess the biggest... Uh, Surprise, kind of, maybe overreaction. If you looked at the look-ahead lines a couple weeks back, Cleveland would have been a four-and-a-half-point favorite, possibly on the road taking on the Bengals. A lot's happened since, and even with the Bengals coming off a disappointing loss to Mike White and the Jets, it went from possibly the Browns four-and-a-half points now to being three-point road dogs, and it's juice minus 120 over at MGM. but I was actually kind of surprised to see the Bengals as three-point favorites at home taking on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, your thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting and 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 it's always intriguing to take a look at these look ahead lines too because sometimes you can find opportunities if you have a good feel for it early or if you're if you've got some patience and you wait you can you can find yourself with just a far better number. So it is I think it's kind of an it's becoming and you know what's well, not becoming for a lot of people this was always a good strategy but as more of us as sports betting is expanding and more of us are becoming familiar with what a look a look ahead line is. Right. Uh, it it's certainly be a little bit of a uh, of a part of your strategy yeah it's definitely interesting this game uh, with the odds maker I speak with every Sunday night for my opening line report which uh, which is up on props.com right now of course uh, Bengals two and a half and then as you pointed out it's, it's it's out to three now and what he said is I'm just not sure what happened to these teams these two to both these teams on Sunday yeah it's a surprise that the, the Browns aren't favored but uh, you know, the Bengals looked like gangbusters at Baltimore, and it was like, wow, this team is coming around. They're going to be a force. And then they suddenly, uh, you know, g- give up an 11-point lead to the Jets in the fourth quarter. So uh, he just pointed out the Bengals' defense looked awful. He thought it was a shocking loss, and, he, and the Browns losing it home to, to Ben Roethlisberger, who hasn't been the Ben Roethlisberger of old. Uh, he just said I, they, they're not seeing much on it, but obviously uh, enough to get to three today. But he said, I just don't think anyone knows what to make of these teams right now, and I would agree with that.
2: Pat, uh, one thing that we've been talking about all show here is the game coming up between the Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. That line right now is six in yeah. the favor of the Saints. Six. We don't even know who's going to be the court. I think I, I got a call. My agent hit me today and said, yo, can you throw? And no. I said, yeah, I can throw. He said, OK, the, the, they might need you in New Orleans. They, but there are six point favors against the Falcons. If anything, I would probably play the Falcons in this game just because I don't think this team is that good. Is an overhyped win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What are the books and the odds maker saying about this one?
1: Yeah, it's interesting that this ran like it did today. This was a four opener, yeah. for the Saints, and I, I don't know that I thought that was off at all. I, I might have expected to see maybe four and a half. Just, but this is a this is an I, I got to, I've got to assume I haven't actually talked specifically about this game today. What happened today with it? But, you know, the public very much remembers what it sees last. And when you see the Saints dispatch the Super Bowl champions, uh, the, you know, that that resonates for sure. And I've got to assume that's part of what's what's driving this. And But still, I am surprised that this isn't at six at this point. I do think there was just, uh, you know, the Saints hung around. They played, obviously, they played a, a very good game. And they picked up the slack when, when you know, the, with Jameis. I mean, I have to... Simeon, holy cow where was this for the denver broncos yeah but good night um i I think it's definitely a little bit of an overreaction and it just makes me wonder exactly what this line is going to do the rest of this week if it's already sitting at six right now and and really even if this is the public overreacting it's an early overreaction and as as we all know the the public money the bulk of money on any of these games isn't going to come in until the weekend uh, when people are really more focused on it. So I don't know if this goes higher or not, but if I'm I'm thinking if I'm taking Atlanta, that I might even wait and see if we can get six in the hook. You never know. Yeah,
0: right, exactly, man. Um, Pat, anything that you've taken notice with with the uh, opening lines for college football this weekend? I don't know if you've touched this one yet, but the... Kind of a surprise, and I took Carolina in the spot, but I was actually surprised to see Carolina two-and-a-half-point home favorites. They're 4-and-4 this season. They did not cover the number against Notre Dame last weekend on the road. They take on Wake Forest, who I feel like the market's given no love to. They're 8-and-0 this season. They're ridiculous offensively, undefeated, probably the best team in the ACC, because Clemson, despite covering the number, is no good last week. Um, I was actually kind of surprised to see a 500-team two-and-a-half-point favorites against the only unbeaten team in the ACC, one of the few unbeaten teams in the country.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's sort of a similar vibe here, I think, to this with how the oddsmakers are treating Michigan State Mm -hmm. and how the oddsmakers are treating Wake Forest, although at least in Michigan State's case, Michigan State's on the road and the oddsmakers made Michigan State a favorite. In this case, Wake's on the road and Wake is an underdog. So yes, it it is really interesting. Uh, I I did talk about this in my uh, college football opening line report, which just went up like in the last couple of hours at props.com. It's got this game and a whole bunch of others. So uh, check it out if you can. But uh, in my discussions with the odds maker there, uh, he termed this a pros versus Joe's game. He said the public actually, even though Wake is a dog, they see that 8-0. God, I love this. Thank
0: you so much.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, and the top 10 ranking. And the public is on the ranked dog, as he said. He said, as we've seen many times before, he said they have seen some sharp play. On North Carolina, but he said, with Wake Forest being in the top ten for the first time in school history, it's going to attract a lot of support. And he made it. He, he pointed to an interesting t- tweet. I thought that Chris Falica of, of ESPN had earlier today. Wake is the second team of eight or better to be an underdog against a team that does not have a winning record. So it, wow. it's definitely interesting. And it's two-way action on this. Uh, or let me let me back up here, where the uh, uh, Wake is getting seventy percent of tickets early on. And at the, at the, with the, with the book of the odds maker, I spoke on this game, but only 54% of money. So two way play on this for sure. Public on wake. Some, a little bit of sharp money on, uh, on the Tar Heels.
2: Pat, love it. Before we get you out of here, any other movement, anywhere or opening lines that really kind of stand out to you um, in this last 60 seconds or so in either sport, college football or the NFL?
1: Well, we'll keep, we'll, we'll stick, we'll stick with college. And I'll throw you two real quick. Michigan state's bounced around a little bit, open three, Uh, In in the report I did earlier today, open three went to two and a half initially on on sharp Purdue play now up to three and a half. So it's juggling around quite a bit early. And then what may be the better, you know, the best game of the weekend, Auburn and Texas A&M, at least when you look at the rankings, sharp money on Auburn at open open A&M five sharp money on Auburn plus five and plus four and a half. So uh, they like the they like the road dog there in this case. And a lot of interest in that game overall, and 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 uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that is. It's 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 a semi-two way game right now, probably getting closer to that by the weekend.
0: Pat, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, before we let you go, I just had one more. Any line move? Like I know that it's really early because the move just went down. But do you think anything is going to change as far as the futures market with the Super Bowls, with like the injuries we've seen today, Derrick Henry, but more with the moves, the trade deadline moves, uh, Von Miller now going to the Rams, that defense gets even better.
1: That is something else. That was quite a move. Another, we just, my, I've got ex-Broncos just hurt me all over the place. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> although I didn't, I didn't bet the bucks, so it's okay. But I uh, just wonder where Simeon was. Right. No, I, I'm sure there's going to be, I haven't seen, not much with the Titans yet, which I've been a little surprised by. I think they are kind of taking a wait, wait until what happens tomorrow and get a little more information before they make a move. But that's going to be really key. I don't think Vaughn's going to move the needle a lot, but he might move it a little. Defensive players typically don't, but uh, the way that defense is stacking up, it might it might have a little bit more of an impact.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. That would scare me more than any move they could make on the offensive side of the ball right now. Another pass rusher for that defense. Thanks so much, Pat. Exactly. Enjoy the games this weekend, man. We'll have to have you on again here soon. Thank you, Pat. Uh,
1: you betcha. Have a great week, gentlemen. Patrick Everson,
0: you can find him now with props.com. A great follow on Twitter, of course. And uh, like I said, every weekend, he does these full breakdowns pretty much for every single game where he's going to tell you how much of the bets and how much money is on certain team. And he'll tell you what the books need, what they don't need. And uh, I usually like what the books need. Patrick Everson, you can find him on Twitter, Patrick E underscore Vegas. And again, you can find his work with props.com. I hate what I'm seeing from the Kansas city chiefs. And if they're not going to cover the number, I want them to lose this game. Here's what makes me feel. Okay. It's still a four point lead, 14 to 10. This has to be four down territory, or do you think the Giants will play for the field goal? Because I want them to go four and out, or not four and out, but I want them to turn over on downs here. At this
2: point, they probably are going to go with the field goal. I mean, they did the last time we saw them go for it on fourth. Of the first what was that the first quarter, they went ahead and tried to go for it. Make it a one point. Did not game. get it. So right here, you are in plus territory and you've been moving the ball. They've been moving the ball pretty much all night. Chiefs suck. I don't know if they, tr- they might. I mean, if anything, the Giants might be trusting their defense here to stop the Chiefs. Chiefs stink
0: I mean, uh, so when we were talking with Pat, uh, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, now the latest uh, fumbler turnover, just,
2: turnover, just just running the ball, These turnovers. Just, it's crazy. And it's the thing is
0: every single game, and this Chiefs, is against the giants.
2: This should be a get right spot. The Chiefs had a free pick six and their DB just tripped over his own feet
0: foot. I mean, like this is a night, like we've seen them homes, the turnover we were talking about, the crazy interception in the red zone. And then we also saw a Travis Kelsey fumble. And like, this is the kind of crap you can't have against the giants at home at Arrowhead primetime spot, man, a beat up giants team. They don't have Saquon, how does the
2: team turn the ball over this much? Exactly. I don't, I don't get it. That's why I keep saying like, this cannot keep
0: happening. Right. And that's why I was like, Oh, is it time to buy in on the chiefs? Like, Oh, these are fluky things that keep happening and they got a bad defense, but they've had, they've won with bad defenses. You know, it's the sick. defense isn't what concerns me. It's these turnovers. And it's guys like Travis Kelsey turning the ball over.